Hi guys, just wanted to hop on and offer a quick note before today's episode. We would be remiss if we did not discuss some of the incredibly important movements and topics that are happening in our society today. We at Rightway do not stand for racism in any capacity. Um, And we're really using this time, much like other people, to examine our lives, to see where we can be doing better, to see where we can elicit change, not just online, but in the real world. And while we have a company (laughs) that is very um, focused on writers and editing and getting your books out in the world, to some that might not seem like a very important conversation right now, but we think quite the opposite. So something we want to do and we would like to do at this time is if you are an author of color and have a manuscript that is either a first draft or pretty ready to go, but you kind of don't know what to do next, we would like you to send it to us so we can assess it, we can get it ready for publication, we will help you query agents. So draft your query letter. We will help you research the proper agents to send it to, which we're going to talk a lot about in today's episode. And we will pitch it on your behalf if that's something that you would like us to do, or we can show you how to do it yourself. But I think it's so important during this time, if you have a book and you've been sitting on it for a while, or you have a great idea and have been inspired and moved to speak out and use your voice, now is the time. We want you to come to us. We would love to help. Go to rightwayco.com backslash contact and let us know your idea. Let us know if you have a book. Let us know how we can help you. We're all in this together. I really believe that some positive change is going to come along the way and we're going to continue this conversation and hopefully move it in the right direction. So hope you guys enjoy today's episode where we talk all about how to stay out of the slush pile. Hey, hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Right Way Podcast. Uh, This is episode six, and this is how to pitch agents the right way. The right way. The right way. (laughs) See what we did there? See what we did there. So clever. Oh, my God. Um, But before we really get into... um, uh, some of, in particular, Ria's do's and don'ts for pitching agents and maybe some ways that you haven't thought of, uh, of finding an agent. Uh, we, we obviously, at the top of the show, um, Ria addressed some of the uh, issues that are happening uh, in the world today. Obviously, everything, especially in the U.S., is a, it's, a very, it's a very crazy time. Get me out of here. <laughs> Get me out of here. Um, but we definitely want to do our part uh, – as, as Rhea said, we definitely want to do our part to contribute and uh, offer up our services. We we have ins for you. We have help for you. We have services here for you um, to uh, to help you reach that next level. Um, so yeah, that's pretty good. We feel uh, we feel that's the right thing to do um, in a world that's gone horribly horribly wrong. Good lord! I just did this astro cartography um, thing, which basically tells you where you should live your best life. And Alex's best place is New Zealand, um, which is really interesting and not in this country. And for the three of us, it's in Vancouver, which is also super interesting. Um, 
But yeah, it's it's just nuts. Um, Why do I get the feeling that anybody with any sense who gets their numbers read like that <laughs> to find out where they're supposed to live, it's going to tell them not America. Not America at the moment. I mean, it's <laughs> it's we're having a moment, aren't we? I mean, my God, I oh hope my gosh. I hope I mean, I know that good is coming and has come from it, but it's just been a lot. Um, it's been a lot. Yeah. Which is why we're going to lighten it up at the top of the show. And talk about um, this little business that my daughter has created. She just turned eight. And what, so she, she is homeschooled, but she goes to this amazing hybrid school called Acton Academy. I've mentioned it before, but they really teach them kind of life skills, Um they are not really, it's not just like, hey, learn math, English, science, social studies. It's actually getting out there in the world and, and doing things and um, gaining an, an emotional education and really learning to fail and struggle. And this last term, of course, they were all virtual, but they were tasked with creating their own business, which, you know, is a huge undertaking. We've, we've just done that. Um launching in January right before quarantine not the best time <laughs> to launch a new business but one of the things yeah. that uh, entrepreneurship requires is foresight yes uh, right I argue that there is no way that we could have foreseen this neither of us are epidemiologists uh, so, yeah um, I'm recusing ourselves of any responsibility yes, that's right. or foresight in this particular instance that's right but she immediately knew what she wanted to do and she kind of came up with this cute little concept called comics up and her she's like obsessed with slogans every business she sees she's like that's a slogan that's a slogan but the slogan is we make comics easy and to actually make the process easy we tacked on her business as a page of our website and hopefully we're gonna have her on in a little while she is taking a nap right now <laughs> a glorious nap um <laughs> But, you know, good for you, right? Yes, good for you. Yeah, um, nice. But she worked so hard in putting this business together. Um, it's really a basically a comic book editing service where you can download. She's a fanatic about comic books. She I loves. Yes, she, she, she is. She lives for comic books. And Joe sent her a very adult comic book for her birthday. Uh, and I did. <laughs> And she was like, oh my, this is, this is serious. As she was staring at like a topless woman, you know, <laughs> bleeding. It was, it was amazing. I um, felt like I made the stipulation. I'm like, maybe you shouldn't read this to your, till you're older, but. Yeah, right. I um, mean, you know, you give a oh child boy. anything. But so anyway. she, she has created, she actually created from scratch the copy. She created um, templates that you can purchase and download to create your own comic books at home. And then from there, you create a comic book, send it into her. She will edit your comic book and send it back. And let me tell you, this little girl and editing. So I printed off my fourth book that is due in a couple of weeks. And she took a pen yesterday and started just circling things and writing notes in the margins and talking to me about it. I mean, it's, it's pretty insane. So check it out, rightwayco.com backslash comics dash up. If you or anyone you know in your family um, 
loves comic books or I mean this is a great it's it's a great thing for kids too I mean just to be able to do something at home right now which I also owe her by the way yes you do struck a deal if she did the if she did our teaser then that's right and she she made her service she made like a hundred bucks like her first day that she launched you know so um not that's right we have an eight-year-old on staff yeah here Uh, right way. That's right. You know, you got to do what you got to do. So let's talk about literary agents today. Yeah, this let's is... get into the dark part. <laughs> like go back into the darkness. <laughs> yeah. You in particular have dealt with this like kind of across the board. And I feel that, uh, you know, the list, what you're going to sort of go over and what we're going to sort of talk about um in particular, there's a lot of stuff I think that you're going to offer our listeners right now today that maybe just like are like not necessarily secrets, but like off the beaten path kind of solutions to to trying to find and 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 grab an agent. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I feel like I've kind of like hacked the system a little bit. Um, I never like doing things the way everyone else does them, and that really applies to how to land an agent as well. When when we get clients at Right Way, whether we're editing a novel or a nonfiction book proposal, the aim after that service is to actually land a literary agent so that literary agent can then go and sell that material. And I've actually been asked, I've, I've been mistaken for an agent in this business. Like, isn't that basically what you're doing? And Uh, I mean, in short, kind of yes, but we're actually getting paid for our services, whereas literary agents do not get paid until your project is sold. And then they get 15% of everything, as we have mentioned. But getting an agent can seem so impossible. When you look at the stats, they're kind of depressing. And I feel like it falls, getting an agent kind of falls into one of three categories. So... The first one is luck. You know, a lot of people just like luck out, land an agent, they'll query and they, and they just get a great agent. And that's that. The second is definitely who, you know, which, um, factors into our process. And if you work with us at our company, we have cultivated this little army of top literary agents that we have established relationships with. So you can get your foot in the door a little bit easier. And then the third is really strategy and, strategy based on researching agents that actually really fit your criteria and then figuring out the art of the pitch, which Joe, I mean, you pitch a lot of like screenplays and things like that. And and pitching is pitching. I don't care who, who you're pitching to, but there is an art to it that we're going to talk about like things to do and things not to do. And, you know, I've, gosh, I started actually in college I don't remember what year it was. I think it was around 2002. I interned at, at the time, a very popular literary agency in Chicago. It was the Jane Brown Literary Agency. She has since passed away. But I remember going like my first day and thinking like, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to change, you know, (laughs) the face of this agenting business. And I'm going to move to New York after this and become like a world famous agent and, It was, I remember being so excited, but it was very clear very early on that my sole position was to get coffee, file uh, papers, and then I finally got to read the hundreds and hundreds of query letters 
that they would get every day. So the process would be, you know, I would I would sift through 50 to 100 query letters. I would pull out ones that I thought was relevant. Those would then go to an assistant. She would come through them. And then if she thought any were worthy, she would give them to Jane herself. And, you know, nine times out of 10, Jane would pass on them. So when you see right there how critical even just the query letter is, I mean, completely, you know, if you're not pouring, pouring focus, like your manuscript is one thing, but like that query letter is like in a lot of cases, the keys to the kingdom, man. It is the keys to the kingdom. And uh, I mean, of course, your book has to be great, too. And that's always the first step is making sure your finished product is professionally edited, is proofed, is as good as it's going to be before you pitch. And I used to have a terrible habit of this in my 20s specifically, where I wanted to be published so badly that I would, before I'd had anything edited, I would query agents. And I really actually learned how to query and like the craft of the pitch. So I would get these immediate responses that were like, yes, send me the full manuscript. And I'd be like, shit, I don't have one. And then I would blow my chance with that agent. I I just... You know, we're we're so hungry to get the deal or to get well, and to I get think, that agent. I think that's also something worth mentioning at the top. And this is not meant to discourage, but you know, you've said this before, and I think that it's it's just it's just valid. Put all of your energy into querying and submitting to agents, following every rule, crossing every T, dotting every I, uh, making sure that you do it right, but also. We, one one of the things that like prospective writers need to remember is that an agent getting an agent landing an agent or even getting an agent to look at your work is just the first step of a very long process very long process i mean but that's why we talk a lot about um especially on this podcast about knowing what your goals are up front because if you just want to get published Um, but you want to get traditionally published, then you have to be willing to go along on the ride. And a lot of stuff's out of your control. Um, I have a really uh, good friend. Her name's Andrea Norse. She's a fantastic, prolific, self-published writer. She writes women's fiction. And she she seriously turns out a book like every two months. I I don't even know how she does it because she's like a (laughs) full-time working mom. But she loves putting material out there, but she still wants to get traditionally published. So she has two full manuscripts that are out to agents. Those agents have had those full manuscripts for six to eight months. And in her mind, she's like, oh my God, I could have self-published like three books by now. And it's a very frustrating process because there is so much waiting when it comes to getting your book out there in the world and and you have to be willing to play the game because there is a game to play if you want to land a literary agent. So again, making sure that you understand what you really want and if it is going after a literary agent, then yeah, there there are certain certain rules to follow. And we, like and you've got you've got a few I mean you've got several. You've got several just like rules and guidelines uh, that you have found in your experience are 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 appropriate and sometimes and even necessary to follow. Absolutely, and I mean, you know, there are a million free, um, you know, free perfect query letters to write online, or 
a million websites to find uh, literary agents or conferences to attend where you can pitch a literary agent live, which is all always a great thing to do. It's a very hard, sometimes intimidating thing to do to go and pitch your material live. I'm not sure I could actually do that, but but I like to to actually kind of simplify all of that a little bit instead of just like reaching out to a million different people and trying a million different things. Instead, honing in and making the process as simple as possible. So one of the first ways or the first things that I always say to people, and I believe we've even said this before on this podcast, but it bears repeating, is once you have a finished novel or a finished nonfiction book or a book proposal, you again have a finished novel yes finish finish (laughs) it has to be it has to be and i know that it's so frustrating because you could toil away on a manuscript forever but you do have one shot at this um well i mean you have more than one shot if you want to keep pitching keep pitching but you want to put your best foot forward and if you do and when you do that the process can go a lot quicker than normal so Look at other books that have published within the last year or possibly two, but hopefully like this year. So look at books that came out in 2019 or 2020 that are similar, that would sit on the same place as yours on a bookshelf. Competition, Uh, if you will. Competition. Yes, absolutely. So pick like five or, you know, your favorite writers in your genre go to their acknowledgments page and see what literary agent they thank in their acknowledgments because all authors usually thank their agents. You then look those agents up online and sometimes instead of just, if it's a really huge agent or really popular literary agency, instead of, um, I mean, you can absolutely query that agent, but sometimes these really big agents have a ton of people, they get a million queries. So looking for other people within their agency, maybe a more junior agent who might be acquiring the same kind of book as yours. Someone um, who is hungry and trying hungry. to make their own name in the business. Absolutely. It's I mean, a huge asset. It can be. And I think like, you know, I think people can get discouraged by that, uh, like just the, the premise of that. But just and just because somebody is junior in, in a, and this goes for. I think uh, management, literary management in, in, in the screenwriting world too, is like just because someone is junior, that that means nothing. That means they're young and they just started that particular firm, but it says nothing of their taste or their ability or their willingness to uh, to back you up and fight for your book. Oh my gosh. And that was my experience. I mean, it was a game changer for me. It, so I, I picked up, again, I've shared this story, but I, I picked up a... I think it was a Writer's Digest magazine at a Barnes and Noble, which I never ever, like, I don't ever buy those types of magazines when I was looking for an agent and it was like 25 new agents building their lists. And I found my agent through there um, because she was looking for exactly the type of book I had. She had been an editor for five years, so I really, really loved that aspect of it. And I really researched her. So that is the other thing is, really research these agents before know you who send. you're querying i mean absolutely 100%. and i mean well, and not just i think it's you know i think this goes back to what you were saying about finding maybe maybe a junior agent in in at at the company like 
do your research on these agencies and try not, I, I think it's important for writers to like, I think we've got some internal biases when it comes to this kind of stuff. I think we want to go big or go home. I think we want something to feel really important so that it can satisfy the hard work we've already done. But I think when, when you're querying these agents, the things you want to focus, prioritize your list of what you're looking for, of what's important to you, what would be important to you as a client of a, of a literary agency. I think, and, and make sure that these are like really well thought out priorities. And, you know, if it's a big name agency, that's fine. But, you know, you want to make sure you look at how, uh, how the agency takes care of their clients, their their relationship with their clients. And in a lot of cases, and I think this is true across the board for representation, never discount the smaller boutique agencies where as a client you're going to get a ton more attention than if you're at some, you know, mega agency where, I you know, I hate to be like the bear, like I hate to be like the bad news guy, but like, if you're just starting out, if you're a greenhorn in writing and you're coming at these these agent queries with your first manuscript, if you get in at one of these big agencies, you're going to get lost in the shuffle. You're going to get lost in the lineup. I, I actually have a client who's dealing with that right now. Is she basically has to badger her agent to even get a response to one question. It'll take two weeks to get a response. And like my agent, I mean, she's on maternity leave. And if I have a question, I mean, it's it's immediate. It's been... I don't have to go through anyone else. It's not an assistant or an intern. I always get her directly. And our relationship since 2016 has just grown and blossomed. She actually, I was with a boutique agency, as was she. And she just moved on up to a bigger agency in New York. But it's still, um, it's still that personal attention. And I, you know, right before <laughs> COVID hit at the end of February, I went and visited the new agency and got to meet everyone, which was fantastic because this is a relationship and so many authors want the agent, but they don't realize that you need to feel when you hop on the phone with them, when you, you know, go visit them, which you absolutely should, uh, you need to feel comfortable. And sometimes those gut feelings, we ignore them because we're like, oh no, this is my only chance. And and I've got to act a certain way or they're picking me. And I mean, they're the ones that need your material. You are the ones that are picking them. So doing your research, looking at their sales. So on the sales page, seeing what they've sold. If it's a giant agency, but that agent hasn't sold anything in the last two years, that's probably a good indication that you might want to go with someone else. So, you know, really taking the time. I know a lot of us don't want to, and that's, that is a service that we provide actually, because it's like, oh my God, there's so many agents. I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. And we really facilitate that process for you where we can give you recommendations on, you know, the best five to 15 agents to query and our reasons why, like we're matching you essentially, because it's, it is daunting, but at the same time, you only need one person to say yes, which when you look at it like that, it is, it seems completely possible, but you just have to be willing to be patient and do your due diligence, due diligence instead of like, you know, I'm going to pitch to 50 agents and I know that I'll get a yes. Sometimes pitching to just five agents that you've researched to death, you have personalized that query letter. 
you let them know that you really appreciate their work, sometimes that is the better play than sending out mass quantities of query letters. I think that's so, one I think that's one of your like one of one of the best guidelines is that rule of five. Rule I of think five. <laughs> that while in a lot of in a lot of scenarios, um the this sort of blunderbuss method where you just shoot out your uh query letter and your manuscript to, you know, fifty agents might seem like the law of probability is going to swing in your favor. It, it really, it, the, uh, these readers and like, you know, like Rhea, like you said, like working at that, at the uh, Brown agency, I, you can spot a, you can spot a form letter and that, that, that dose, that like small ounce of personalization that you can fit in about relevant titles that the agency, uh, other authors that the agency reps work that they've done. It's really going to, you don't understand the the large margin that it's going to increase your chances of getting your query letter then moved up the line uh, uh, up the hierarchy at the agency and then hopefully your manuscript. I mean that that's and that's what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, and so. I think writers, myself included, I've I've experienced this. We get so frustrated because say you send out fifty query letters and you might get fifty form rejections, which just means. It's the standard, you know, like after a careful consideration, we've decided to pass, you know, but there are tons of agents out there, so keep going. But they don't give you any feedback on your story, on why it wasn't relevant. And, you know, that can be really frustrating because you don't know what you're doing, quote unquote, wrong. And that's one thing I really appreciate about my my agent when I pitch or when I pitch clients to her even though you know she won't say yes to everyone she gives detailed feedback on why and i think it i think agents need to take more responsibility in that realm to give authors feedback i mean i know that i know it's like they get so inundated and it's so hard to respond to everyone but that it, it just feeds the this vicious cycle of writers like getting a rejection and then just sending out another one, getting a rejection, sending out another one. Whereas if if they could pinpoint why, like, oh, you know what? It's it's actually my query letter. It's the way I'm pitching or, oh, man, this is a totally saturated market. So how can I tweak this a little bit to make it stand out or uh, your query letters riddled with grammatical errors? So they're not even going to ask for anything else. It's, you know, really trying to get that personal feedback can be very hard. But when you pitch to fewer agents and you personalize that query, sometimes when they get back to you, they will give you feedback. And in some instances, you can ask, like, may I ask, you know, what what it was about it that caused you to pass. And I think that's okay to ask. You you sometimes if you respond, you're not going to hear anything. But if it seems like a somewhat um personalized rejection, sometimes you can ask. I mean, what's the harm in that? You want to you want to get better and you want to understand why why that foot isn't getting in the door. So, knowing why is the first step to kind of making <laughs> making your work better or making the pitch better. Your willingness to change. Your willingness to oh. Your yeah. willingness to change. I huge. Mean, That's huge. We here. hammer this home <laughs> over and over again. But it, this is, I mean, you are constantly evolving and it's going to, you're going to have to tweak 
and learn and grow and push and change no matter what. It's a rapidly changing industry, even in a very like antiquated space. Um, you know, right now it's, I don't know, I've heard like, it's a great time to pitch right now. And then no, it's a terrible time to pitch right now. But I mean, I think if you, in this current climate, if you have a book ready to go or a book ready to edit, like now is the time to jump on it. Do Take 10 minutes a day and and do that research. So another, th- another thing you could do is almost approach it backwards. Like, yes, we just drilled home the importance of, of having that finished manuscript. But I think where a lot of people shove the book in the drawer, the reason why is because they really don't know what to do next and it seems so impossible. So if you're someone who gets overwhelmed by process, do your research now. Figure out like what's out there right now, who you really like. Oh, interesting. Like so even before you even before you're you're ready to to query. Yeah, just have us uh, yeah, yeah, so we just we hired an intern here at Rightway and he's really helping me with that with all my clients or all of our clients because it can be very overwhelming where he's pulling, looking at the subject matter pulling at least 15 agents that we will have on standby ready to go. But here's the second part of that. And another rule to follow is once you find your agents to query, you better follow those submission guidelines to a T. And this is something else. Well, we and offer. this goes, this is like, yeah, this is the do your definitely more of like the do your research part of it. How important that is. Completely. And I mean, we, so what we will do is actually draft your email for you according to the submission guidelines. We put your query letter in there. We put the proper subject line in there. We tell you whether to attach the first chapter or to attach nothing at all, um, just dependent upon what the website says. And I can't tell you how many times like people will pitch and they did not read the submission guidelines. Every agent has a different process and you need to follow it to a T, which is why I always say, you know, pitching less is better because if you get five no's, you can figure out why. What's the common denominator here? And I can't tell you also how many times I've done this too. Oh my gosh, where (laughs) I will have a query letter I'll cut and paste it so many times and I forget to change the agent Ugh. name. So it goes Ugh. out with the wrong name and you're like, oh my God. Brutal. Um, totally well, and this, brutal. This just goes back to your philosophy of like hone the point, like yes. hone yeah. the, the tip of your spear, man. You know, uh, this I'm, I'm recapping like every step. Find, limit yourself, do the research and find those competitive titles. You don't have to find 50, find five. No. And then five. therefore find Rules five, five. <laughs> five agents. Um, and, yeah. you know, that- That makes it possible. That makes it possible. Like, and especially, you know, we live in an era that, and this idea of like finding who the, uh, which agency the author acknowledges in the book, it may seem obvious, but now we also live in a time where everybody's online and, and, the opportunity that writers have now of finding agents that are looking for material or finding agencies to submit to are, are clicks away from what it used clicks. to be, you yeah. know? Oh my gosh, completely. Where they'd put out, you, they'd put out, uh, you know, there'd be like those annual directories of like literary oh agencies that oh would, by the time you yes. bought them, they would be out of date. Oh, they would, they would, <laughs> I used to go through and like highlight. Yes. And then by the time I would pitch, it was irrelevant or you only, you could never submit online. So you had to send in your manuscript with a self-addressed stamped, stamped envelope. envelope. <laughs> oh my God. 
ahead and and just wait, 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 wait in the mail. So, I mean, I always get asked a question like, okay, once I pitch, like how how quickly will I hear back? And there is no standard answer for that. I mean, I know agents that can get back to you the next day or sometimes it takes two weeks or sometimes it takes six weeks. It just... It depends on that agent's workload, which is why, and again, we'll have this link to the show notes, but I found a website, a recent website that I am pulling from consistently that is the the kind of newer best agents who are building their lists in all different categories, as well as the best agents in the nonfiction category, in fiction, and, you know, just all broken down. Um, and they're kind of my two favorite current uh, websites that I consistently pull from for agents who are outside of my little network. Um, something else beyond just the research element is the query letter, <laughs> the query letter itself and kind of the, the do's and don'ts. Now in our $97 course, I actually put in there examples of a poor qu- query letter and then a rewritten, restructured query letter and ones that have actually gotten agents and deals. Um, I feel like authors either put way too much information in there or way too little information in there. They can, you, you know, I mean, when you think about a pitch, I mean, again, it's the same for you with when you're pitching a screenplay, you have what, two paragraphs maybe to catch someone's attention and make them say, yes, I want to read this. And it's the same thing with my nonfiction clients. When we create a book proposal, I constantly remind them, this is not your book. This is a sales tool to get your, to get an agent to be like, oh my gosh, yes, I want to rep this book or to get an editor to say, yes, I want to, I want to purchase this. So your tone is, is vital. Vital. And I think, and, uh, you know, sorry to interrupt. And I, I, I think that's absolutely true. I think, I actually think there's is there's somewhat of a luxury in the literary world to have this query letter. Uh, there are a lot of instances, you know, in screenwriting and so forth, where there is no introduction. Um, there's only the work work itself. And what you have here with this query letter, it is a reflection. They're reading that, and it's a reflection of the manuscript of what you're of what you're about about to give them of what they're about to read. And I, I think you're right. I think there is there's either too much too much stuff or too little stuff. And like do not disregard the query letter because that is what your first impression is. The manuscript is not your first impression. The query letter for the manuscript you're submitting is the first it, impression. Exa- it is. It is your first impression. And that is why That's the handshake. Don't fuck yeah. it up. <laughs> well, are we even gonna be doing handshakes in the near future? That's that's the fist bump. Don't fuck it up. Can I tell you how many times I have gone to see, you know, see someone, especially in the past few days and gone to like give them a hug. And I mean, it's like a re- there. I can see the torment on their face. Like, do I hug? Do I not hug? Do I hug? Do I not hug? And it's just. I got to say, total side note, though, I am not sad about the handshake leaving. No handshakes. Am, well, no, it's the that dumbest to me thing is ever. The, like, that is the disappearance of a of a bygone era. Like, yeah, let it let it fade. Let it fade into obscurity. Let it, let it fade. So many germs can be <laughs> I'll hug uh, avoided. I'll hug. I'm a hugger. Gosh. Total total hugger. Um, and I yeah. Sorry, I totally threw us off track with uh, No, more, that's good. More COVID so, talk. 
Yeah. So if you if you do want to see examples, um, I mean, again, reach out to us. I am always happy to send over examples as well. If you're not willing to drop ninety seven dollars on the so you want to write a book now, what course, which kind of contains everything we talk about under one umbrella. But for under a hundred dollars, too, by the way, for under a hundred dollars that you can have forever. <laughs> but I love I love just kind of working with people to show them why like I, I get a lot of um clients who are like oh my god I've pitched to a hundred different people my book is really polished and I'm like send me your query letter and then when we di- when we dissect it I'm like well this is why I mean and, and it sucks because you can't go back to those agents and be like oh wait I, I totally nailed this query letter now will you look at this um you can't do that yeah, so and, it's and this is why like yeah it- Takes take painstaking care with each step of the process. Completely. This is a good reason not to rush it. Yes, not to rush it. And I mean, I'm the worst at that. I'm so impatient, uh, just in general. Highly, highly impatient. Highly impatient. And I get how exciting it is to want to to pitch your book because it is a long process. I mean, by the time you do get an agent, I mean, it's you're looking at probably a year to 18 months before your book hits the shelf. You'll be a completely different writer probably by then and then have to start the process all over again. So it's, you know, if you're if you're not willing to wait, if you don't want to go through this process, there are other options, as we've talked about many times before with self-publishing and hybrid publishing but if if you want to play, if you want to be part of this this game, then then just heed a few simple rules, learn them, and then you will know how to pitch forever, which is great. Um, if you want to play, if you want to play with the big boys, there's no crying in baseball. <laughs> there's that no crying in baseball. The rule. So, like we said, name five. So these are the st- like rule of five. Get those five competitive titles. Do that research. Find those five literary agents that they acknowledge. Uh, find those agencies online, nail down the sub- submission guidelines, follow them to a T, get your, your pitch and your query letter together, make sure that is on point. Like Rhea said, we offer a ton of services and resources that can help you out. Um, do that work. Invest in that because that is your that's your shot. And then, like Rhea said, keep your field narrow man laser laser like intensity laser like sight five agents pitch five agents send out that query letter and manuscript to five agents that way it's so much easier to keep track it's so much easier to know them personally it's so much easier to pour all of your effort into five pitches than it is to 50 where your energy and your focus is just going to dissipate across that, that wide net. So, so keep it narrow and keep it focused. Um, in, in terms of those steps uh, along those lines, would you say Rhea that there's, that you've got some things that they, that people should not do? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, one of because the, I love to talk about yes, things that people do. shouldn't do. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we've talked about a few of them is just, you know, don't blindly send out query letters to agents that you have no clue what they've repped. You just found them on a website and you're like, Oh yeah, this looks good. I'll, I'll send that to them. And <laughs> I'll if, fire this manuscript out of a t-shirt cannon. Co- completely. And I mean, if, if the agent is not in- acquiring what you're writing, then of course you're going to get a no. Um, something I hear a lot is like, oh my God, I haven't heard anything in two weeks. I'm going to email this agent to check in. 
Uh, no, don't do that. Um, that would be what my probably my biggest not to do is do not check in with an agent unless you get interest from another agent. So if you've sent out your five queries or maybe more than that, and you get an agent who has, let's say they've requested a full manuscript or they've offered you representation, then it is okay to go back out to any remaining agents and say, hi, I have an offer um, or interest in representation or a full manuscript request, just wanted to check in and see if you were still interested or if it's a no. That is okay to check in. And sometimes if it's been, I don't know, eight weeks is usually when I say um, it's okay to check in. If you haven't heard and say, I'm moving on in my search, just wanted to make sure you're not, you know, you're not interested. Of course, you can say that better. And then, and then you'll get an answer because it's, it's tough to wait. I mean, I get that. And I think you can always busy yourself with writing, like just, just keep writing, just keep some momentum going forward. So you're not just sitting back twiddling your thumbs. Um, because wait, I mean, waiting is excruciating and well, I, but here's the other thing is like this process and you know, you, you discussed it earlier, this idea of like, if you're a little, if you're feeling a little bit, um, hamstrung or you want to like get ahead of the curve a little bit, you can build these steps into your process. And just because we're saying that you should only submit to five agents at a time, that means like submit to five agents and wait for a yes or a no. But that doesn't mean that you can't still build into your daily writing process doing research on five more agents to submit to when your current five have been exhausted. Like you can keep sort of like building up your database. Like, and you know, what we're suggesting with these steps is just making sure that you do each step appropriately. You may get a yes, you may get a no, but if you've done the steps appropriately, uh, and sort of put all of your best effort into each one, you know, like Rhea said, the, those are situations where you can sort of go back to those wells. So, you know, if you send a shitty query letter riddled with errors, uh, you can't fix that query letter and go back to that same agent and be like, hey, you want to take a look at my manuscript now? So this is all about watching each step so that you can retrace your steps so that you can walk the same path. You know, path and I, I actually, this is just making me think about another future episode, but I once you get a yes, because again, it's totally possible to get a yes, and you have that conversation with your agent, a lot of people will just blindly sign a contract without having asked that agent anything really because they don't feel like they either know what to ask or you know, this agent is in a place of superiority over them. Let me tell you, there are so many questions you need to ask. I actually, in our course, had my agent write up her list of questions that authors should ask agents before they sign that contract. It is, I actually sometimes will get on calls with clients and agents to help facilitate that process because it can be totally overwhelming. You just want the yes. So you're blinded by that. Like, you're just like, oh my God, I, I just don't want to say anything to fuck up. And, and this is another across the board note, I think, for representation um, or any kind of a contract. I don't, I know, and at every stage of the game, I think artists uh, in at the, at the cross-section of art and commerce, 
We constantly talk ourselves out of investing in ourselves. We just want to like write the book and send out the book and hopefully that somebody else will do everything for us. But that's not how it happens. So if someone puts a con, if you're, look, if you're lucky enough to have a contract get put in front of you, before you fucking sign that thing, get a lawyer. Oh, get a lawyer. A thousand percent. Get a lawyer or get an expert that is going to help you decipher that fucking language that is going to help make sure maybe that will negotiate something either better or more in your favor. Thing people to hire, hire an editor, take a class, hire a lawyer. These are all, all things that are in the long run. It's going to be worth laying down that money to invest. Yeah, in and I will say about agency contracts. Luckily, they're, they're nothing like publisher contracts. They're very, very straightforward. The things you need to know about an agency contract is it's usually only one year long. So at the end of that year, if your agent hasn't sold anything or you guys want to extend, it's a very easy thing to either dissolve the contract or to extend it. There is usually, if you're if you're not loving your agent or they're not doing what you expect them to do, there's usually a 30-day termination clause, which you just have to give written notice. The contract will be dissolved within 30 days. You usually have to wait 30 days before you can, you know, query a new agent. But other than that, I mean, they do not get paid until you do. They get 15% of everything that you make, and then sometimes 20% of film or TV. So the things you always need to look out for in there is how you get paid. So a lot of times you get paid through your agency, so they would receive the money from the publisher, and then you get paid, you get cut a check through them. Uh, But you can always ask your publisher once you get a deal to be paid directly, bypass your agent, they will take their 15%, but then the publisher pays you directly. And and sometimes that's just like such a better way to do it and more streamlined. But a lot of times we don't know our rights as authors. We don't know what we can ask for. We don't know what to negotiate. And um, a lawyer is, I know it's an expense, but it's so worth it to to know your rights and, and to make sure that you are approaching this <laughs> like a business. Not, not to be fair, do your research on that lawyer too. <laughs> of course. I mean, or, or again, like find someone who, find an author friend who has been through this, like a, a multi-published author and be like, hey, will you look at this contract? Do you see any any red flags, anything I should ask for? If you can't afford to hire a lawyer, go straight to someone who's been doing this over and over and over again. Email right way. Yeah, email right way. I mean, I'm, I'm always happy to look over, just look over contracts or talk about, you know, frequently asked questions or what. Well, and honestly, like, that's what we're here for. We're a referral source. We have, we're, you know, we have tons of these, we have services that satisfy all of the steps that we just talked about. Uh, you know, we are for hire in those regards. Uh, a lot of even our editing and our very like individualized writing and editing service, uh, you can sort of tag uh, us cultivating an a- agent agency database and, and, and a query letter workshop onto that service we we offer all those so and and one you know, thing don't hesitate no don't hesitate i mean reach out with anything and everything um we're actually going to start really um showcasing our authors who have landed agents and book deals um on our tiny little instagram account that we've done nothing with i'm going to do it on my on my personal instagram account as well on our website to really showcase their stories 
what it's been like to kind of go through and navigate this path because it can be a very hush-hush world, kind of like a behind-the-scenes thing. You're not really allowed to announce your book deal until, you know, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. And even then it's, you know, you can kind of be like a deer in the headlights. But we really want to showcase so many of our clients who have gone through this process and celebrate. And, and, you know, we I think we have even like a number of like new clients who, although uh, are maybe just embarking on either the rewrite process or we want you to hear about like what our clients are getting out of that process of, of really starting to know their work on a deeper level and know the business on a deeper level. And when, when they do that, I think, you know, I think you'd agree with me, Rhea, that it kind of like, it really sucks the, the fear out of it. It sucks the uncertainty out of it. It really makes the game so much more playable. And you realize that, you know, you, that you can be a hitter in the game, that you can be a player in the game. And last thing I'll say, um, just kind of, uh, keep your eyes and ears open is we are going to be, we would like to hire another intern in the social media marketing sphere, preferably a woman, because I have three men surrounding me, three, three wonderful men, but I get some female energy on here uh, in this um, company, but people who really want to own and grow, help grow our community and social media account, um, newsletter strategy, we would really love to offer someone kind of, again, a glimpse behind the curtain of the publishing industry and really help us grow and foster that community. So if interested, again, go to rightwayco.com. You can go to the contact page and just put like social media marketing intern in the subject line and I will get back to you immediately. Fantastic. Well, uh, finish those manuscripts, research those agents and start submitting five at a time. Five um, at a time. Rule of five. Yeah. We appreciate you all tuning in and we will, uh, you'll hear from us next month. Thanks for listening to Right Way. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe and rate or review this episode. And if there's something you want to hear, head on over to rightwayco.com and let us know. Until next time.